So you're, so you're monumentally busy? Well, not monumentally. What about tonight, then? Can you go to that party for theirs? Look, Dan, I'm sorry, but I can't allow you to leave the country without attending the Lear's graduation event. This gentleman is he's 22 and, and, and comes out of hiding like once a year for this occasion. And he, and he, and he dresses up as the lakeside rooster. confusing me there we go i oh, think you're I looking some... nice and bright yeah you yeah. what's wrong with you you don't look so bright uh, <laughs> that was uh it's all good put my foot up and... <laughs> yeah yeah you're supposed to look more menacing i'm supposed to look nice and bright and you're supposed to look like brooding it's the way there you go nailed it yeah right up there <laughs> just the whole it's... time just be really obnoxiously right well, in front of the camera i figure we got to give reason for people to actually watch the uh the youtube feed you know because each each way that this podcast works it gives you a different experience speaking of this podcast welcome to growing up punk the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends my name is david this is my friend his name is aaron hello aaron my name is aaron hey what's up nice to be back again yeah we uh took a week off or so because we just had you have so many interviews that are just like already done that we have to work through them I did 26 interviews last week. <laughs> How many did you actually do? One of them was real. One of them was real. <laughs> the rest were just inner dialogues that uh, yeah. that I recorded. That's just fair. in case we need material. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. We uh, sometimes you never know when we'll need those inner dialogues that you've been working on for who knows how long anyways as i was yeah. saying beforehand um you know you can you can listen to the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps and you get the bonus of you know having the music and stuff and the songs that we're talking about but if you listen slash watch it on youtube you get the bonus of being able to see us do ridiculous things like what we're doing right now i'm gonna raise the roof the whole episode you know what you also <laughs> yeah you know what you also might take see. my shirt off too <laughs> speaking of shirts check it out Ooh. I got my own shirt. So, and by my own shirt, I mean a shirt that I designed. So, yeah, I'll still stand. So, there's that. And then on the back, it's beautiful. Yeah, I didn't want to show too much of my ass crack there because I'm not wearing any pants. Hey, that's <laughs> that's part of the bonus. That's why that's... we call it that. <laughs> well, that's something entirely different. Um, but yeah, that's uh, you can get this this shirt and others. See, these are all just segues. Uh, on our website, growingpunkpod.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at growingpunkpod. You'll find our personal Instagrams and Twitters there as well. And as I mentioned at growingpunkpod.com, we've got, uh, there's, you know, some album reviews. There's just different blog posts that go up. You can also find our Patreon there for five bucks a month. You get bonus content that we were just teasing a little bit there. And you can also uh, grab one of these shirts or one of the other shirts. One of the shirts has our own faces on it drawn by your wife of us riding a horse together it is what it is and i've actually started to get majestic pictures. yeah it's majestic i've actually started to get pictures from people who ordered those shirts uh showing up and uh it's it's pretty great i was actually hanging out with a friend 
last week and uh, he's like he just nonchalantly gets up he's like oh i'm just gonna run and grab something but you know it's getting a little warm in here and he takes his hoodie off and lo and behold he's wearing one of our shirts with you and i riding also, a horse on the back and i was like oh, oh keeping him warm all winter yeah i've i've now seen this in person it's it gets even better so uh yeah go go follow us on all of our places growingpunkpod.com make it like when you open up google chrome or or firefox or opera or whatever if you happen to use microsoft edge for some unknown reason you can make it like your start you know your home page so every time yeah who mail well that's not a web browser <laughs> well it is for me it is for you if you're okay. still on like uh <laughs> what were some of the other ones um safari msnbc uh, again not know. a web browser <laughs> oh <laughs> um, yeah i don't know man i don't know internet <laughs> there's lingo. there's oh what is, there's one that i'm thinking of that's straight up 90s and like the uh the the icon for it was like a compass microsoft paint come <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't know what that one was safari well oh, did you say that i did say safari but there's one i'm thinking that starts with an n i think safari might have been a compass anyways whatever this doesn't matter i feel like the you know the amount of times the amount of you know time we spend talking about 90s punk and stuff like that we should be a little more familiar with just like 90s stuff in general so like 90s web browsers we need to uh brush I didn't up have web browsers in the 90s though that's not true at all when did you get the internet uh we kind of had like sketchy dial-up maybe in like i don't know grade 10 or 11 maybe okay so but you would have been yeah was, so that's early 2000s for you yeah, yeah yeah so i wouldn't have had internet in the 90s i think we officially moved from sketchy dial-up to like broadband or whatever it was called um in the early 2000s but we did have internet in the 90s it was dial-up and you couldn't be on it at the same time as someone was trying to make a phone call it's yep. good times <laughs> it really didn't serve much purpose i don't know i don't even know those were the days of like going on the chat rooms talking to people anyway whatever well i remember the cord the the plug-in cord was super long. It went kind of all the way through our basement rec room into the laundry room. <laughs> and so uh, it was like my mom would come down to do laundry and like trip over the cord and yank it out of the computer and all that. Or someone like close the door on it and it would pull it out. Amazing. It was just a mess. So uh, you, you weren't downloading and burning your favorite punk rock albums at that time? No, I was still uh, hiring a friend that I worked yeah. with at McDonald's to, to do That's that fair. for five or ten bucks a city. But then I had another friend who got it, and then I got my own computer and internet the year yeah. I graduated. So nice. Yeah, I even when I feel like even when I had, because I think I had like high quote unquote high speed internet um, before I had a CD burner. So I think I still had people downloading and burning for me even though like i can remember going to like mp3.com and downloading uh mm. you know songs and whatever but um i didn't have a cd burner for a while so that was that was cut now it's funny because you get computers now and they typically don't have cd burners anymore either because most of the time you buy a laptop it doesn't come with a cd player or like a cd-rom or a dvd player or anything so even like gone back in time <laughs> in it's true sense. you gotta buy an external one and you do. It's funny because this new computer that I got when I bought it, one of the things my wife said, is she's like, oh, I wanted to have a DVD player because she's homeschooling one of our kids and part of the curriculum is on DVD. And I was like, all right, well, I'll go look and see what I can find. I found one, one laptop with a DVD player in it. 
and it was insane how heavy it was compared to like well, crazy. the laptop that I got or any other ones. And I was like, no, we'll just spend the 50 bucks on an external DVD player. Yeah. And, cheap you know, enough. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's get into, uh, before we, before we actually wrap up our MXPX series, this is what we're doing today. We're wrapping it all up. Let's talk about some new music. Do you got, uh, you got a song you want to share? Well, I'm only allowed to share one, I guess. Yeah, you told me um, you had four, and I said, you get one. <laughs> one well, song. We're not of, here all lots, night. Lots of good music came out last week. However, you did mention at least one of them on uh, the last What a Week wrap-up, so if you want to see what that is, you can go check that out there. Um, the album I'm going to go with is the newest from Everything in Slow Motion. The album's called Influence.
is kind of a weird pick for me because I don't listen to a lot of kind of moody, <laughs> dynamic, post-hardcore, whatever you kind of want to call it. Kind of similar to some of the um, later thrice, well, I guess post um, artist in the ambulance thrice. So it still, you know, has heaviness to it, but a lot more kind of ups and downs. And anyways, it's, yeah, I, it's a really cool album. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit partial to it because um, the main creator kind of guy who, who does that band Shane is, is an old friend um, who was in another band years ago that we toured with. And so it's cool to see him still making music and, I think he recorded it in like this like massive hall of some kind. I saw mm. some pictures of it and um and I think he might have even recorded all of it himself or has in the past. So anyways, it's it's a really cool album. There's there's lots to take away from it and and I'm still still kind of getting into it. Um but yeah, a really really cool album overall. Was it on Face Down? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. so why don't you show Come on, man. Show us the shirt yeah. you're wearing. <laughs> i was like i could just see like the top of it i'm like Come on, yes i just realized that out hoodie <laughs> let's show that off you could do that because you know we as we mentioned earlier we got to give some things to the people who watch it on youtube well if um, i take it off i've also got a face down tattoo oh fancy not yet nipple it's right above your right nipple <laughs> that would be awesome just a super small little text just around the nipple face <laughs> or it down says face. face down on your chest but the o is actually your nipple <laughs> oh hey no. now we're talking now we're talking um yeah and uh you you mentioned the what a week uh if you go to growingpunkpod.com every week uh we share stuff we're listening to and i also have a friend of mine uh he shares what you should be watching so five things you should be watching uh, and the, the thing is they're not all new it can be you know like old movies or new tv shows new movies whatever same with music old and new we kind of try to mix it up a little bit uh, so you can check that out at growingpunkpod.com. Sign up for our email list while you're there as well. I should say that. That way you get up to date on everything every week when I remember to send it out. Uh, this the song that I wanted to mention. I'm trying to remember where this one popped up for me because it's just a single and I don't have anything else by this band in my collection but or in my Apple Music library. I was just kind of scrolling through going, oh, what do I want to talk about? What's something new I could mention? Because I'm like... Everything in slow motion. Uh, a lot of people talking about it. Seaway, obviously, they released their new record, Big yeah. Vibe. A lot of people talking about that. I'm assuming that's what you were referencing when uh, yeah. you said, yeah, Seaway uh, mentioned in, in What a Week. But um, this band is called Cardboard Box Colony. And oh, yeah, nice. I checked that out too. Yeah, the single's called Bedtime Stories. <laughs>
don't know i think they must have maybe my guess is they followed followed us on instagram and yeah. a lot of times when bands follow us i'll check them out and I'll be like oh sweet yeah, it's a me great too. Way, yeah great way to discover uh new music anyways i just i'd kind of describe at least this single as you know kind of like poppy skate punk sort of thing like it's pretty fast um but it's also obviously quite you know straight up poppy it reminds me of classic early 2000s kind of vocal delivery the singer sounds equally influenced by say like Jordan Pundick from newfound glory and like Tom DeLong sort of thing. Um, that's kind of what I was picking up from it. It was, but, I'll, but also like, it doesn't just sound like an early two thousands knockoff pop punk band. If that, like it sounds yeah. modern, uh, it's pretty great. So yeah, the, the song again is called bedtime stories. Check it out. If you, uh, if you haven't yet, let's get into uh, wrapping up this one's this episode, this episode's a little different. And I said that for the last one too. So because the last one, of course we did the two live records, but, Oh yeah. Yep. This episode, uh, we're gonna talk about four albums technically. Um, three EPs and then one full length. So this series that we've been doing on MXPX is the idea is that it's everything that came after the ever passing moment. So technically, we've broken that rule once and we're breaking it again uh on this episode because one of the EPs came before the ever passing moment. Yeah. But um, but we, we thought, you know, we could talk all day about those early to mid library MXPX records because we grew up with them and we loved them. Right. And, you yeah. know, it's kind of after the ever passing moment that, you know, it's kind of like, OK, well, what's what's here for us? So today we're going to talk about three of their EPs and then uh, their self-titled record. So let's jump into them. We're going to talk about them in order of release. So let's start with the Broken Bones EP. <laughs> Tomorrow night we'll do it again With a 
one that you were super excited to talk about. So why don't you take the lead? Yeah, well, I just wanted to just give a kind of a little intro, I guess, to the EPs. Um, yeah, MXPX has has a lot of really solid EPs, which I think is really cool for a band that's you know probably more known for their full lengths, which I guess maybe lots of bands are that have been around this long. Um, and I just I always loved how they used EPs to you know break up the regular kind of release cycle or maybe experiment with sound or a record label do some new things, you know, but ultimately just to keep the fans engaged. And, and I remember that with EPs, you know, back when things would just kind of get announced, you know, when, when they were coming out, you know, not, not now how there's, you know, singles and all this leading yeah. up, it was kind of just the albums coming out whenever it was just always really kind of um, a cool way to anticipate it. Cause you didn't really know much about it. You know, you hadn't heard that they were recording it or, you know, just the promotion was a bit different. And I just always, always liked that about the way they did EPs. Uh, so for the Broken Bones one, I remember when this was released and I was really excited for it. I think some of the songs were on that came from Bremerton uh, VHS. Mm. Um, I specifically remember Make Up Your Mind, I believe, is in the background on that one. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly kind of why they released this or... <clears throat> Um, why there was this one versus um, a full length or whatever but this is probably my my favorite ep of theirs um the production is awesome on this one you know some of those <clears throat> oh excuse me some of those older eps um you know that we'll talk about they, they don't have the same kind of production quality but but this one sounds really good the songs are awesome um it's diverse enough with only being four songs um to me this is kind of the mxpx that i miss um you know this these were songs that got me really excited and kept me in love with the band. Um, yeah, like I said, there was only four songs on it, but I was diverse enough. Each song kind of stood out on its own. I ordered it on vinyl back when, um, just because it was something different for me to collect. And I don't even know if I even listened to it because I never had a record player and then I ended up giving it away. So, um, yeah, I don't think, yeah, I know. I don't even think they released it on CD. So I yeah. yeah I'll never guess I'll never uh, have it again. Did I, they? I'm not sure. Like because I well, just I'm a vinyl wondering. release. What's that? I thought it was just a vinyl release. I don't remember it's, seeing it. It's on possible. CD, but... I just like look at the art. Like the only artwork I could find online for it um, included like this sticker on the front that said, you know, the ever passing moment is is coming, sort of thing. So I'm not. A, oh, yeah, I'm not. Could I, have been. That was well, but I mean that could have still been on the vinyl as well. Like that's one of the things for me that I was never sure of, um, because I I never owned this. Um, I never owned this, and I always wanted it. Like I was always aware of it. Uh, I'm just looking up to see. Yeah, it does say it's a seven inch uh, red vinyl. Uh, I'm just trying to see if there was a CD release of it. I've um, never seen a CD of it or anybody that has it. So. Yeah, well, and so like that's the thing. I remember hearing about this. So when I was talking about you know going on, uh, going on to like MP3.com and downloading music and what have you, uh, I was I was thinking about oh I can buy it off Discogs right now for nineteen ninety nine. Um, oh, no, it was on CD. There was well the Broken Bones oh. CD EP promo released by A and M. Uh, I wonder if that's anyway. Is that so, on Discogs too? It's on Discogs. I'm just wondering if. Like when you look at it, it's yeah, if it had an actual no, it just says radio station promo, so I don't think it actually physically sold uh, okay yeah. as a, as a CD. Um, so yeah, there's just the one listing on here, the seven inch, and uh, but yeah, so 
getting distracted. I can remember downloading uh, the song Broken Bones or uh, yeah, Broken Bones off of, I think it was mp3.com or whatever. And that was the only thing I knew off of this for a little bit. Obviously, eventually when I bought It Came From Bremerton and watched it, um, some of those songs would be like, oh, oh, that's what that is sort of deal, right? But I don't think I actually listened to this EP. I'm sure I did. But when I listened to it this time around, I was like, huh, I don't know if I recognize this song. And then there'd be like one part where I'd be like, oh no, maybe I do. Like out of the all four songs, there were kind of different yeah. parts where I was like, no, I think I do know this song. Um, so it's definitely something that was kind of a little a little foreign to me, something I hadn't really ever listened to. But I think when you say, you know, it being like the MXPX that kind of like you love most or whatever, I think this is a good transition piece between uh, slowly going the way the Buffalo and the ever passing moment. I think it kind of bridges those two records a little bit, not that they were hugely different, but there was definitely a noticeable, you know, kind of shift between those two records. So this kind of plays a nice little spot in there. And I always loved and wanted it because of the fact that, and I I'm assuming, yeah, that it's like Mike in the ever passing moment booklet, wearing the broken bones. Yeah. yeah. Shirt. And I was like, I always thought that was so weird because it's like, not like this really big release. And you know, it's not like in the, in the t-shirt, it says MXPX broken bones. It just says broken bones. And I'm pretty sure it's the same, like the skull logo. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so I think with the story with that is the Broken Bones was like their like BMX gang or something. So I right. think it was kind of they just got some shirts made like for their friends and they'd ride around or whatever. I remember seeing that on yeah. I don't know some old poster or something back then. Yeah, and so like I found I'm on some random website. There is like a T-shirt of it. I don't think that's the one he was wearing though, because this says MXPX on the. I was just trying to find a, a shot of like from the ever passing moment because i don't have it on me but uh, yeah i was just looking at that cd insert last week yeah i i it's funny because i uh in preparation for our bonus episode that we're going to do i was listening to the ever passing moment for the first time in a while it's one of the few uh like cds original copies that i still have that like i oh nice i bought back in the day but maybe it was the same because i'm seeing these other broken bones t-shirts I don't know. Anyway, whatever. We're going down a rabbit hole that doesn't need to be gone down. But that's that's kind of cool. But uh, yeah, no this uh, this EP it was it's it is really refreshing to listen to, um, especially because for me it is, you know, it's it's a collection of songs that I'm semi familiar with, but never had the opportunity to get overly familiar with because it's not on any streaming services, right? And even I don't right. even think it's on YouTube in its entirety. Um, to like listen to it that way, you had to send it to me for me to be able to listen to it. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. My favorite song on the record, I think, is probably Time and Season.
This is fast, it's fun. And I also want to live in this alternate universe where the end of that song is actually the beginning of um, at the show because they end time and season oh, with yeah. just like hitting that open, that open, all chord, the open yeah. strings. And they're like, oh, it's the exact same. It's like, I just want that to be the end. And it's just like, I should try and sync it up and see if I can run one into the other and be like, oh, look at oh, that. Never thought about that before. It, it flows nicely. But uh, yeah, no, um, that's definitely the standout track for me. I think the all, but you can make an argument for all four of them, really. Um, for being a standout track on this album but what was your what was your favorite one yeah i also went with time and season um this you is sent the one me and i for, you sent me your list and i forgot and i was like i think you oh. may have picked this one but i, I like it anyway <laughs> yeah i just I, I love that opening bass line kind of symbol grabs just catches me catches my ear right away you know i've said lots how i love the darker sounding mxpx and yeah and so the verses are darker but then the chorus kind of changes the feel you know just enough to kind of break up the song and there's this cool little kind of breakdown before the verses yeah this is just some of my favorite mxpx like i said it's it's got cool lyrics it's got great ending like what you you know kind of gradually gets slower and slower and then just hits that open chord and yeah i don't know these are the parts that just gets me excited about mxpx because it's just different it's not what you would kind of expect mm. from a typical song structure and I don't know. I listened to that. I'm like, man, like I kind of want just want a whole album of this kind of stuff. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> just, just, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this too, uh, over text message about, you know, like making playlists of different because MXPX definitely has kind of like not only different eras as a band, but even within those eras, kind of like different sounds. There, there was a stretch where there was always, you know, on the records there'd be something that you could um although life in general i don't think really has any yeah, sort of yeah, hardcore songs that, that happened yeah well i mean like early on with poconaccia like poconaccia, right, yeah, a lot yeah. of those songs were like influenced by that and then teenage politics it's still there to an extent life in general you could make the argument though that life in general at least like so much of that record is just balls to the wall fast oh yeah it's right? super like, energetic for sure there's not really any yelling but you know like they're playing at a hundred miles an hour. Um, and yeah. And then, you know, as you kind of go forward, you usually get one or two songs. I think like slowly going the way the Buffalo is like that to the T type thing. So it is nice to kind of hear some of these songs come back time. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think what I like most about them is that, you know, they're not every song. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it mixes it up. Yeah. It's yeah. just enough that when it comes on, it's like, Oh, this is really cool. Like, yeah. Wonder where they're gonna take this, and the next song will be just kind of the typical, or not typical, but like back to the more kind of pop punk sound of theirs. And yeah, yeah, they seem to do it really well. I mean, I, I don't know if you know, there's a few others like Good Riddance would be another band like that where they can have a, a really poppy song and then a really kind of more darker, angry song. And yeah. So it's not like it, it can't get mixed. Yeah. There's not a ton of bands that do it really well or can kind of make it their own. Yeah. Agreed. Let's move into the next one then. That's the Renaissance EP.
one i can remember going to the store and buying and being really excited for it because um if i remember correctly now i don't know i must have been like going to mxpx.com or trying to think at this time where i would have been getting this news from but i I feel like it was marketed sort of as this thing as like oh mxpx kind of going back to their their roots a little bit uh because this came out after the ever passing moment and it's funny because i can hear that at parts for sure the production overall is much more raw than the ever passing moment like and it's and it's so stripped down like i'm trying to think off the top of my head if there's songs with more than one guitar part it doesn't feel like it like the guitars don't feel big or anything like that they're just you know sort of there everything's just sort of there it sounds good but it sounds very different from what um, they had been doing production-wise anyway. And the fact that it was out on Fat Records, like that was, I remember being so excited for that because as a kid yeah, who, too. Yeah, who grew up listening to both sides of that fence, you know, like with the tooth and nail, kind of like Christian punk, skate punk sort of stuff. And then also just like your regular, whether it was Fat Records, Epitaph, whatever, you know, that yeah. all of a sudden I'm like, wait, it was one thing, it was weird for me because it was one thing for MXPX to go from tooth and nail to AM, a major label. But then for them to release something on Fat Rec, I was like, whoa, wait a second. Um, I don't know if it was something that was a little bit validating to me as a fan because I also remember, you know, like hearing some people being like, oh, that's not punk rock. Whether it was because, you know, it was popular, like if it was just that standard argument of being like, no pop punk isn't punk rock gatekeeping sort of stuff or if it was like well how could it be you know sold in bible bookstores and be punk rock and like well it's this weird thing this weird world we live in yeah but then for it to be on fat wreck i was just like yeah okay like listen guys this is what i've been telling you all along yeah it was yeah i remember the, the a lot of those same dynamics too and, and i loved that about music in that era where you didn't, you know, have all the information that you do now, right? It was just like all of a sudden you would, whether on their website or through some kind of promo or something, you'd just be like, oh, what? They're okay. So now they're going on fat wreck and just yeah. like the artwork and just all this cool different things that just kind of caught you off guard. And, 
And uh, and I and I love that too. Yeah, I remember buying this. I think it was on a band trip, actually in Regina here. Um, I think I got this one and uh, some Forty One album. Mm. And uh, yeah, just the album, the artwork was really simple, but I had a skull on it, which I love. Yeah. I like that and, we're uh, just working on the EPs with skulls on them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, just uh, um, that was my train of thought there. You're welcome. Yeah, just with yeah, going back to the uh, they're kind of. And I, and I don't know if that time, if I even really knew what that meant going back to the original sound, because I mean, the ever passing moment, you know, was definitely getting away from, you know, kind of more whatever punk sound. I mean, it's, mm. uh, it's still a punk album, but so, and it's not like this is like drastically like on the other side of the spectrum, but yeah, yeah it definitely, I mean, it was, it's kind of crazy thinking that they went from recording the ever passing moment with Jerry Finn Mm-hmm. you know who had done some of these huge you know mainstream pop punk albums to like I, th- I think this is kind of when mike started his studio right and this was one of the first projects he did and he was fairly new to to producing so you can definitely tell on, on the sound of this album and but i i think it plays well to the songs like mm-hmm. would i like it to sound better yes but it doesn't take away from the songs yeah um i don't think so i don't yeah it's interesting because i don't so again, going back to conversations that didn't happen on the podcast, but that we were having back and forth over text message, uh, we were talking a little bit about Poconaccia and you were saying, oh, I wish they would, because I was just mentioning how good Yuri was at such a young age. And you were kind of going on about how you, you don't really listen to it because um, it's just hard to listen to. And I was yeah. trying to make the argument that, oh, I like how raw it sounds. Now, there are times on Poconaccia where I'm like, well, that guitar tone is a really odd choice. Uh, or there was like a, 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 an apparent lack of skill to get a guitar tone from either Andy or Aaron Sprinkle at the time, right? Whereas with the Renaissance EP, I don't find that there's any choices where I'm like, why is it like, why did they do that? There's nothing that really bothers me in that way. Um, it stands alone as this like unique sort of sound, um, especially because you know, you had like the super polish of the ever passing moment. And then with before everything and after that comes after this EP, they're even more polished. Right. So yeah, it's like this crazy. weird sort of like in the middle of like, Oh, and I, you know, I kind of see when people were saying like kind of going back to their roots a little bit, there is a little bit of that, but at the same point, it's not like a full record of being like, Oh, this sounds like it could have been off of Buffalo or life in general, or even, you know, teenage politics sort of thing. There's a tiny bit. And I think the back to their roots thing is more about just how, kind of raw it is but. yeah i think in just the diy like back mm. to a small indie label doing it yourself yeah you know Which is it also, doesn't look like a major label band yeah release. and it's also interesting because i don't know how that whole side of the music industry works right like they released that on fat records but they were still on a&m so how do they get away like what's the deal there in mm. going like yeah oh, we want to go do this is it because it wasn't a full length like that's why they were allowed to do it or you know like i'm just curious or did a&m still get a cut off of that without you know their um their name being on it i'm not sure but oh i did it is it, it's on the wall here though yeah yeah that would be interesting to know or you know like i wonder what uh you know fat wreck thought of um the release after this just like oh yeah okay that's that, that's quite Odd. a different direction but <laughs> yeah i mean maybe they didn't maybe they didn't care they just did it for fun and yeah and i can't remember at what point they had released um that two song seven inch on the fat club 
Um, so that must have been around around the same time that they did these two releases. That's another one of my. I don't know if it's classified as an EP. It's only two songs, but yeah, that'd be another a two single. of my favorite songs of them. I would, yeah, I would say um, if it's just two songs, I would just call it a single. Uh, I'm just trying to see what it is. Spirit of oh, that's that's the website. I was like, what? It was called Spirit of Rock. That's weird. Oh yes, yes. this. I had to like look at this term. The road less traveled, and you hold the key. When was yeah. this? Two thousand one. So when did when did Renaissance was right around then, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, maybe maybe Renaissance was after. Yeah. Just looking it up, dude. Oh, no, it's two thousand one as well. Look at that. So there you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not 100 sure how that all comes down. I'm sure I could figure it out, read it up somewhere. Um, it is also a longer EP. It's technically got nine songs on it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's, yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised they didn't just throw one more song on and just they did in a full length. Well, part of me goes, I was wonders if uh, if the deal with A and M was like, yeah, you can go release yeah. an EP, and then so they're like, well, we've got eleven songs, and so Fat Records was like, right, like let's do yeah. nine. It's still an EP, <laughs> and then we'll do a single. <laughs> Or vice versa. We'll do a single right. and then whatever oh, yeah. order they came out of. But that's funny. Um, I never thought of that. Yeah. No, I, I've always enjoyed this record. It's funny because I mean I had like the move to Bremerton EP or single or however you want to call that. That one's tricky because you know it's got like a live radio unplugged version of Chick Magnet on there. I feel like it's yeah more of a single than an EP, but I think it is four songs. But but like I don't ever really go back to that. Um and it's just interesting because like this one, I, I put it in there in my collection and I go, yeah, like maybe part of that is because like, like I said, that it's an EP, but it's, it's a 12 inch, like it's a full sleeve and everything. So it feels like a full record to me more so than being, right. you know, maybe like um, what we're going to get into next, but uh, yeah, it's, it's always been, and maybe because it also came out like still when I was at near the peak anyway of my, yeah, for sure. MXPX, but uh, the song that I I think might be my favorite on this record is actually Party Two, Time to Go. It's time to go. I don't care who you are or who you know. It's time to go. I don't care who you are or who you know. All my favorite movies have their coolest parties, but the cable guys say anything. Some kind of wonderful.
is it referencing kind of like an, an a song from an earlier record party my house be there on slowly going the way of the buffalo with the title but i love the references to different movies in the course i'm a, kind of a sucker for uh bands that reference whether it's movies or tv shows or like other songs or bands or whatever i'm always like oh yeah yeah and it is if i if i can pick up on the references now these ones are obvious he literally just name drops movies but i've always kind of like I've always kind of loved that. And the vocal panning on the bridge where Mark or my Mark or where Mike sings cleaning up is the very worst part. And it's kind of like panning all around you. Um, oh yeah. I, I kind of really dig that. But what was your, uh, what was your song on this one that you like? Well, this might be an easy one to guess. I, I went with that uh, time will tell, which is <laughs> again, kind of the, the hardcore type song. is funny because it actually has a very similar beginning to the last song i just said time and season where there's a bass riff and kind of cymbal grabs which is probably the only two songs they have that sound like that and those are the ones that that stood out to me so yeah, yeah I, I, I love the the speed and the chord progression um the chorus is um what is it yeah the chorus is very hardcore influenced it's not a typical chorus um, it kind of reminds me of a fist versus tact um, you know, but it adds just so much to the song lyrically is, is very intriguing. Um, you know, and, and again, I would love to see uh, Mike kind of go back to to some of this style of, of lyrics. Right. Um, yeah, the, the bridge is cool and um, it's different, completely kind of breaks up the song. It's got a kind of a haunting sound to um, the way the guitar is played. And then it just ends back with that that speed and urgency and so it's yeah it definitely fits the mold for for that uh type of song that i love yeah and uh yeah I, one of my favorites on this album yeah um just a note it says that produced by yuri ruley and tom wisniewski <laughs> that's the song or the album the album uh, i was just like looking on i'm assuming mike engineered it. it it's funny that it doesn't say that but it does say producer yuri ruley tom wisniewski um Yuri, Yuri produced all the vocals. 
Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I do love that also on the Wikipedia for this album, it says Party 2 is a sequel song to Party, My House Be There, from Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo. <laughs> well done. Well done. Um, let's move on then yep. to the final of the EPs, that being the Left Coast Punk EP. This record, and I have it up on the wall for tonight. For our, you, you can't, I don't know if you can even see it. Can you see yeah, it, Aaron? A little bit there, yeah. I think the yeah, light's kind of glaring off one. it. But um, the CD or the vinyl? No, it's the vinyl. Uh, okay. I bought it when I went and saw, along with the one beside it right now, which is Screw Loose. I have that up oh, there yeah. for, for a specific reason. But I bought it when I went and saw them uh, in Seattle with Five Iron Frenzy uh, because all of their vinyl was like, they were all just like seven inches or whatever, but they were five bucks. So I was like, sweet, just scooped oh, them man, up. So I'm like, awesome. I don't have to pay shipping. I don't have, you know, I can just take these yeah, home with me. This is great. Um, so yeah, I, I know I had listened to it before then, but I don't really remember. I do remember, I don't remember where I heard about it, any of that kind of stuff. I just remember all of a sudden being like, oh, this is cool. And putting it on 
And especially like the first, you know, song or whatever, I'm like, oh, sweet. Like they've kind of like, we're back to fast MXPX, harder MXPX, like, because they kind of just like right out of the gate, I feel like on that first song kind of get you. Although when I think about it, I'm like, oh, well, this came between Secret Weapon and Plans Within Plans. And Secret Weapon has some legit faster songs on there as well. So it's not as out of place as, but I think I didn't, this is the funny thing is I'm not sure if I really listened to secret weapon until after listening to this. Like I remember listening to secret weapon and we talked about this in the episode, um, kind of around when it came out, but not really connecting with it at all. And then it just kind of went away. And then when this was coming out, I kind of went, Oh, like this is, you know, and maybe maybe just like the name and the artwork and stuff was all like a little more like, oh, okay, this this reminds me of the MXPX I love, right? Like just the live yeah. shot of them jumping is it's pretty oh, great, I love but, that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm the same. I, I don't remember a ton about this release. Um, I don't have it. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the songs on it. It's it's an EP that I've gone back to um a lot of times. I love the album art. Um, the songs are, you know, for the most part, are good and fit well within their their discography, especially for the EPs. And yeah, again, like I'd said before, like I love being surprised by these little releases, and especially because they didn't come with as much, you know, anticipation mm-hmm. or um, kind of pressure of like, oh, okay, like is this gonna, you know, is this are the fans gonna be happy with this, you know, on their end, or as fans, like, oh, this is just a nice little surprise that I wasn't expecting. So, but yeah, yeah that's when you say when it came between. Uh, secret weapon and plans like it it definitely fits fits really well in between there you know versus the renaissance kind of coming mm-hmm. um or being in between those albums so yeah. again I, I love those the way they kind of just place those and, and surprise fans it was also released just a couple days before my birthday when it came out um oh, happy birthday <laughs> yeah i i do find it funny that apparently the song end was a single on this album <laughs> um, yeah, because was, it's such a weird random pick um yeah, and also I'm not a huge fan of that song so it, it came out on rock city record or rock city recording company if we're gonna yeah. get uh all official but the vinyl is actually done by sexy baby records <laughs> oh there we go <laughs> yeah uh sexy baby there is a cd version of this which i've never seen but it actually has uh well the i guess the the american release has 10 songs on it Um, what else is on there well so there's the ep which is six songs and then there is uh, an instrumental version of one step further an instrumental version of end Uh, instrumental version of broken and then a demo um what oh it's a okay a song called on a string which is i guess a demo from the left coast punk sessions it's a minute and 38 seconds long i'm interested to hear that um yeah i do have those songs the uh the japanese bonus came with the coffee song and keep a beat which i also have on picture disc Um, right don't have it down here but uh one of those two songs is okay i just can't remember which one (laughs) i remember i can't imagine the coffee ones that amazing yeah well yeah that's what i'm trying to remember if that's the one or not like i feel like it very well could be but um but yeah this this ep i i liked it from the moment i heard it it's kind of this like it holds this really weird place for me like kind of i don't know how to explain it. like it feels a little bit special because to me it was sort of like my reintroduction to getting back into mxpx um because like i mentioned with panic i was kind of like uh eh, 
secret weapon while it ends up being good in my books it didn't like it was i wasn't on i wasn't following along at the time and i didn't get into Mm. it until years later whereas with this record i was like oh this is cool this is out i should check this out right and i feel like i was checking it out around the time it came out like this says it came out 2000 uh, maybe not actually 2009 that's older than i thought like i i feel like the first time i listened to it i was actually up here so um in edmonton which wasn't until 2012 so there's actually a good chance i didn't hear Mm. it until well after but um but at the same point it was still like that first where i put it on i was like oh i actually like this you know quite a bit um yeah but yeah I, I it's maybe I heard it before because I feel like Plans Within Plans maybe even came out around the time I came up here. Anyways, whatever. Um, it is what it is. So, songs off this one. Uh, I think the one th- that's always stood out to me is Shanghai and in Shanghai. enough it's a return uh, for mike moen who we talked about because he was on chop shop on secret weapon and the whole reason i have this artwork here is because he also did the screw loose uh, oh, yeah. artwork on this and uh, that i kind of just like stumbled upon when i was looking at that when we uh i think oh, i was doing my mxpx vinyl video and i was like oh dang like mike i know who that guy is now because you know i did some reading on him and here he is so he's been up a couple times so this song I've liked it. It was like the first one that jumped out at me. Same with like chop shop was the first one that really jumped out at me off secret weapon. And I think it's because of Mike Moen's, uh, 
like his vocal feature. He's got a unique vocal delivery that kind of sticks with you. But what's uh, what's the song that you went with? Yeah, I went with uh, Desperate to Understand. I'm still standing Standing up for things that I believe Waiting down for things that I don't need I try to do what's best for you and me Desperate to understand Where we are and where we've been Where we're going and what we'll find within Desperate to understand Where we are and where we've been Desperate to understand Working at just what I'm doing here Still trying to figure out year after year What I don't understand is what I fear Desperate to understand Where we are and where we've been Where we're going and what we'll find within Desperate to understand Where we are and where we've been fast song again and gets right into it uh, this one has a really interesting choice for guitar lead it's kind of just like a single string lead uh, with a rhythm guitar kind of playing the same thing it's mm. got a very kind of gritty feel to it the chorus adds you know much needed melody to kind of break up the song which which i love when they do that on the on the kind of darker songs when they still kind of you know add enough melody that it's not just kind of smack you over the head the whole time yeah. but breaks it up a little bit um, the chorus states, desperate to understand where we are and where we've been, where we're going and what we'll find within. And ends with, never give in or they will win. Don't let your guard down. Um, yeah, just, again, kind of cool lyrics, gets you thinking. I'm not sure uh, who they're referring to or they will win, but um, right. it just kind of seems like, you know, 
finding a good path and, you know, asking kind of, well, lead to a place that you want to be, you know, or others dictating it or taking advantage. Um, that's kind of what I, I got out of it, but yeah, yeah just, uh, again, I miss the, the lyrics of Mike where it kind of makes you think a little bit. It's not so kind of straightforward, but right. anyways. Yeah. You miss the days of Mike actually getting to something, <laughs> singing yeah. about something. Sorry, Mike. I feel you. Oh, you know what's, you know what sucks? I just realized this whole time we've been recording, I haven't been. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, but but uh, we have Zoom, so <laughs> Zoom is recording for me. It stopped recording for whatever reason, but here we are. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so now this is this is why we record on Zoom. Now I get to it's it's my backup, and with that, let's uh, let's move on to. I know it's Aaron's favorite record. We're gonna move on to self titled. yeah what do you got okay well i i feel like i need to give a a premise or not a premise but uh uh what's the word i don't know just be gentle with me (laughs) (laughs) whatever the term is for that because well especially over the last few interviews that i've done with john neeson and with jared scott uh, i think in both of those they referenced how much they like this album um and uh so, I mean, I didn't say anything about it on those interviews, kind of knowing we had this coming up. But yeah. um, anyways, I'll, I'll kind of go through go through my little spiel here and people can take from it what they will. 
Um, <laughs> so I, I was really excited for this album. I, I backed it on the Kickstarter. I thought that was a cool way to to engage their fans and and get the funding for it. I can still remember um, when I got the download. I think it was maybe a few days before um, everybody else was getting it or whatever. Um, and I sat there and listened through it, and, and I remember having mixed feelings kind of right away. Um, and as always, I really wanted to love the album. That's my biggest kind of hurdle with MXPX is I always just really want to love it. And so I always feel kind of an inner battle when, when I don't immediately like it. Um, sonically, it's a great record. The production and music, musicianship is, is great. Uh, no complaints there. Um, it just doesn't do anything for me, which is kind of the maybe the simplest way of breaking it down. Um, I, I don't feel the same connection to this album as many of their previous ones. Again, it's nothing against the album. It just, I guess, wasn't what I needed to, to get hooked on them. I felt like the album was kind of lacking anything really cool and memorable kind of guitar-wise. Um, and especially because this was, I think, their first full-length where they had two guitar players mm -hmm. that were, um, you know, were on the album. And so I was kind of hoping for more you know, I say riff oriented. I'm not like saying like crazy riffs. They've never been, you know, a super riffy band necessarily, but just something that kind of, that kind of stands out or defines the guitar yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And I felt that that was missing. Um, and maybe that's just a, a personal um, preference or whatever. Um, lyrically, it has some high points, but again, nothing really overall grabs me on this. Uh, so basically to sum it up, it, it basically just kind of makes me miss their older stuff, which I felt was a bit more creative and, and different. And I know that, you know, kind of sounds really cliche and jaded and maybe, maybe it is, um, you know, it, there's been a lot of time between then and this one, but even taking all that away, this on its own, just doesn't stand up for me. And so again, it's an awesome album. I, I want to love it. You know, when I listen to it, it's like, you know, this is really good, but I don't know. It just doesn't have kind of what I want and especially doesn't have any hardcore songs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, and not that it has to have those. I mean, I do love those, obviously, but I did, it kind of missed that dynamic. Like when I listened through it a few times this last few weeks or last this last few weeks, you know, I put it to start, listen to the end, you know, next day or two, put it on and it just kind of goes through and I'm like, oh, okay. Like there wasn't really any points where it's like, okay, I want to stop and like really listen to the song. It was right. kind of just kind of goes from start to finish. And yeah. So anyways, I, that's kind of a, a long thought process. But. I think my favorite part about your long thought process is that I don't think you said one good thing about the record, except for production values and then some lyrical high points. And then you said, it's an awesome record. I just don't like it. Well, <laughs> Wait, how can you? So I, so I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe I it's just not the choice of, a... of words I would have had, like to, to describe like, yeah, you know what? Like it's, it's good. It's just not for me. So like when you say it's awesome, I'm like, but, but that sounds like you, you like it. You like well, it. It's awesome. in the fact that like the songs, like they're, they're well enough written songs. They, you know, it's all put together really well. It's a great album. I just, <laughs> you know there's a lot of there's a lot of great albums that i that i don't love so yeah anyways, you make whatever. i mean having said that you made valid points across the board because like i i can see that it's also weird because okay first let me give i guess my background with this record because i also backed it 
um, I think it's actually, it's the only Kickstarter I've ever backed. I'm pretty sure or any sort of oh, crowdfunding cool. type thing. Um, and so I snagged like a, the teal vinyl, which is right here on my wall. Um, but yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So here's, here's the thing. We've actually interviewed everyone who's involved with this <laughs> on the show over the course of this, because except the producer, I guess, but well, yeah, I'd say except for the band itself, but I mean the, the, the actual physical production of this record, because obviously you interviewed John who is, is the man behind this. And then, uh, I interviewed, um, uh, what's his, I just forgot his name from unoriginal vinyl, Jason, uh, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was say it starts with a J, and uh, and he talked about that as well. So it's kind of neat. But anyway, so I backed it, bought it on vinyl, was excited about it, and I, if I recall, I think even like the first couple, you know, like singles that they released, I was like, okay, like musically, I can get behind this. This is, you know, we're going in in the right direction here. And then I can specifically remember, specifically remember when it was released. It did come out early, and I can remember listening to it on my phone driving home from a baseball game that i was working and i got stuck at a train and this train in edmonton is notorious that you can get stuck at it for quite some time and so i was sitting there for i think like 15 20 minutes waiting for this train but i didn't care because i was listening to this new mxpx record and i was actually thoroughly enjoying it now here are kind of my general thoughts about this record i agree with you in the sense that it doesn't when I think about the record, it doesn't really do anything that makes me want to come back and listen to it. And I think part of that is because I haven't spent the time with it to obviously it's not, there's no nostalgic connection to it because it's not a record, you know, I listened to growing up or what have you. And I haven't spent the time with it to really like engage or attach to any of the lyrics in it, even though that, because the lyrics are the part of this record that really kind of I get stuck on a lot of the time, uh, specifically in a couple songs uh, like, um, is it uh, Rolling Strong? That's the opening track, right? Rolling Strong? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, I love the way that song starts, like that bass intro and whatever. It's like, I'm like, okay, here we go. Like this is MXPX, you know, kind of like fast sort of stuff. And I have zero, before I say this, I have zero issue with MXPX dropping any quote unquote swears, right? What drives me crazy (laughs) is that it just feels so incredibly forced and cheesy the way they like decided to, you know, kind of be like, look, we're not that band anymore that you necessarily grew up loving that, you know, your youth pastor played for you on a Friday night type thing. Right. And so lines like rolling in this big ass van, it's like, okay, fine. And then the line that follows trying to get some more bass blasting, like, what are you even singing about at this point? Like, it sounds like such a, it has got to be one of, if not the worst Mike Herrera lines of all time. Like, it's just like, it's so dumb, you know, and to use it to be like this thing, it's like, look, we're, we're no longer that, that youth group band. We're going to hit you with this right off the top. And then with Friday tonight, I understand people love the song and I understand it's a line from a movie, which I just said, I like when, you know, bands reference things. And it's, I actually, 
it gets stuck in my head all the time because it's, I think the delivery of the line isn't like, I don't know if it's fair to call it incredibly inventive. There's something about it that stands out from any other MXPX line delivery. Um, it's just, I don't, I guess what I'm saying is like, I don't have an issue with that. The whole song just feels kind of like, what is this song? Like, okay, this song is about it's, it's Friday and we're feeling really, why is it got to end in a fight? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just like this weird song and they have this line from a movie that doesn't, to me like really fit in other than the fact that i'm pretty sure what it's from movie the movie. Is that from? i think it's from the movie f- like friday or next friday or whatever um uh, not even I, familiar with what that movie is i don't think uh every time is that like a movie? stoner movie or something yeah like, like it's with ice cube uh, uh I just wanna, yeah it's in yeah, friday I can, picture, I can picture the cover yeah um but yeah like i i've never seen it either but i when I looked at it, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is a line from a movie because it feels so out of left field, which is like, I think kind of what annoys me a little bit about it is it's like, you know, you're singing this song and then all of a sudden you're like quoting this line and it's the chorus of your song or like the pre-chorus of your song. Every time I'm in the kitchen, you're in the kitchen in the goddamn refrigerator. I'm like, what? Why? Like, why is this a thing? It just feels, I don't know. There are a number of points. Yeah, there's a few points on this record where lyrically I just feel it really falls short. Because you know, with with albums like Even Plans Within Plans or Secret Weapon, yeah, they did have some of that more like hardcore sort of influence stuff. But even if you took those out of there, for the most part, I felt like those records hold up lyrically across the board anyway, where like even if the song's right. not like, you know, as fast or as energetic as you want it is still, you know, like lyrically giving you what you're looking for type thing. Uh, and, you know, Mike at some of his best. So there's just a few spots on this record and it's just sort of been driven home like that point a little bit with some of their songs that have followed that where I'm like, ah, like, where are we going right now with your lyrics? However, we haven't talked about the live stream at all, which we both watched. They played a new song on that. That was actually pretty dang good. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it is what it, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of like worries and what was the other? They had fever another or something. Yeah. Fe- fever dreams. The worst, like it's right up there too, for pretty bad. My career lyrics. I'm sorry. I get it's like about his wife, but how many times does he have to tell us that he just wants to spend all day in bed with her? Like, I don't, you know, <laughs> like the, I was looking at the lyrics to that song and I was just like, okay, you've said that like five times in this song. And I'm pretty sure it's not even in the chorus. You just say it in every verse. <laughs> we're stuck in quarantine let's have sex like that's the, you know the vibe i get from it but um anyway <laughs> going off on i, I think i listened to that song like well i don't even know it enough to to well, remember I, the reference because it yeah, just didn't stand out at all which is fair i just like i literally in prepping for this i was like oh yeah these songs like what are we what are we looking at here i kind of want to i kind of want to read the lyrics to you um, and they can be a declaration to you. Do you remember being Read stuck them in- about me? Yeah, this is about you from me to you. Do you remember being stuck inside? Thought about running while I tried to hide. It's not bad yes. so far. It's pretty generic, but whatever. Under the covers with you. We didn't come out till June. They stayed in bed until June, I guess. And then the next verse probably should have waited till the 4th of July, like spending all those evenings warming by the fire underneath the blankets. The view was perfect. I could stay down under there all year. You're perfect. <laughs> and the way he says that you're perfect at the end of the verse is just absolutely i i feel bad because mxpx is one of my all-time favorite bands and i just and i don't like like crapping on bands but here we are um 
<laughs> where were we at uh so please baby won't you stay i can't stand to be six feet away because i could spend all week in bed with you <laughs> like it's like all he wants to sing about <laughs> um which, which again is fine but oh make it a little bit interesting or, well or just find different ways to say to it kind of for fun like yeah yeah totally yeah. right like i i get it like it's it just feel i, I guess maybe it's that's a little repetitive and you know not finding different ways to say it type thing right like okay you've, you've said now four times in this song you just want to spend all your time in bed i like I, I get it but okay i don't know it's just i think the songwriting and which is funny because that song's not even on this record but it just kind of helps drive home a point where i think the songwriting just feels a little lazy at times um having said that it's weird because this record also feels like it has a bunch of like nods to their fans across it like just like i know you said it you know and i mentioned it doesn't make me there's no nostalgia tied to this but i feel like they do things at times on this record where it's like hey remember how you were a fan with us at this time here's either a song about this or like a guitar riff that kind of feels like it comes from this like there's different points on this record where i'm like oh that guitar work sounds like it, it could have come off of teenage politics because they had a very specific like, mm. riff sound at that time i found right like so it's just like different things but we're gonna spend our whole episode talking let's let's move on let's get into the songs starting with uptown streets
So this was this was one of my picks. It stood out to me from day one uh, because of the lyrics. It seems to be a song about finding comfort in the place you grew up, sort of thing, or at least like coming back to that. And you know, we would all know this as fans of MXPX that it very much could be a song about Bremerton, uh, the city itself. The first thing that jumped out to me was the opening line on a Saturday night in the year of the summer of Sam, um, because the summer of Sam. This is what I was trying to figure out is if this was like. Was he using the son of Sam, David Berkowitz, as a reference to like the year he was born, which wouldn't be true because the summer, like son of Sam, David Berkowitz, summer of Sam stuff was in 1977. Mike was born in 1976. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what the reference is there. But then the summer of Sam is also a movie that came out in the, I think it was like 1999, maybe about all of this. So I can't quite figure out what he's like trying to go on about there. And he talked about running scared and all this stuff. So I was like, okay, unless it was like, he heard about this sort of stuff. And then, you know, as a kid was just kind of scared because this was something that was, you know, had happened. I don't know, but now he's still living in this town, I guess, even though he's technically moved away. Um, but so the, just the reference of a serial killer kind of caught my ear a little bit. Uh, there also seems to be a lot of looking back on this record, like in different songs, just kind of looking back on how things yeah. have gone over the years, um, which is very much kind of like the theme I get from this record. And this is just one of those songs. Uh, there's something about that. There's something about writing um, because in let's ride, he kind of sings about, you know, his childhood and growing up as well. And there's the way I feel he sings about it kind of gives me, I don't know. I, I kind of like, you know, I understand people complaining about punk bands or pop punk bands or whatever, singing, always just singing about growing up, but he's, he's not singing about it as if that's happening now sort of thing. Right. Like he's singing right. about it, yeah. looking back on it. And so, um, I don't know. There's something that's just kind of drew me to the song with that. There's a little bit of storytelling. The lyrics aren't a hundred percent clear on what he's necessarily referencing to me, but I feel like they're probably just different, like just different parts from his childhood that he maybe remembers. But did you have any thoughts on that song? Yeah, this is uh, probably the, the most kind of Americana rock song on the album. Um, when I was listening to it, it was just like, man, this would kind of, fit great on a social distortion album right. kind of has that kind of older classic punk rock sound to it um yeah it's it's a fine song nothing really stands out to me i mean you kind of mentioned the lyrics it, it takes even me back to to thinking of you know my own uptown street so to speak and yeah. you know to adolescence and making memories that come with that and listening to mxpx on those streets um so that that's what kind of makes this song special to me the song itself doesn't really make me feel anything other than you know the lyrics and and kind of piecing that all together yeah that's fair so let's move on to the next one then the way we do Blood was asked to me, then blood all bleed. 
This was another one that I picked and this one, it's obvious why this one stood out to me from the very first time I listened to it. Um, I mean, Mike name drops a, a few bands that they toured with. And this is one of those songs where I feel like, you know, they're kind of like, you know, giving a, a little nod to their fans that have been there this whole time. I feel by looking back on something like this, um, and I, I, you know, I'm curious, I'd like to hear the stories behind like face to face destroying their van. And, and maybe those stories are out there. I've never read them, but, or like stealing food from bad religions dressing room. And, you know, they sang about Canada with simple plan, simple plans, not my favorite band, but, um, it, it reminds me of the, it came from Bremerton VHS where there's a shot of Mike and he's like going through, uh, like their tour van and what they've done to it. So, you know, you can lay down in the back and sleep and all this stuff. And in that shot, he's wearing a shirt that says reset, which was uh, Pierre from simple plan. And one other member, I think like they're uh, the drummer, I believe the drummer. Um, they're like original band, right? Like more of a skate yeah. punk band before doing the simple plan stuff. So I'm like, I mean, knowing that they kind of, this was a band they had connected with over the years. And in, um, I was just like, yeah, it's kind of cool. And, and looking back, you know, sort of on that sort of thing. And, and it sees, you know, kind of like um, what he's put into it, the sacrifices that have been made and what he's willing to do, which I think is something that Mike has made obvious 
over the years by even just looking at things like MXPX All-Stars, where he was like, no, I don't want this to be done yet. This is what I love doing and what I'm going yeah. to continue doing. And, you know, thankfully, we're in a place now where, you know, not that there was necessarily anything wrong with MXPX All-Stars. We've talked about them briefly, but, you know, it's just so much better to be back in a place where they're just together as a band. Yeah, definitely. You know, so what, uh, do you have any thoughts on the way we do? Yeah, so um, just to, to touch on um, like all the band references, so I, I think it was on an episode of Mike's podcast, if I remember. He actually, uh, he talked about this song and broke down all those stories, so oh, nice. they are out there somewhere. <laughs> um, so actually, the, the Cross Canada Tour, a simple plan, was actually with Reset. Oh. They just figure, well, no one who, no one's going to know who Reset is, and yeah. it just it doesn't kind of rhyme the same, you know, like, Freezing yeah. balls across Canada with reset you yeah. know, kind of, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. And then he kind of, yeah. Reset doesn't about, rhyme with van. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It talks about the food from bad religion. And so, yeah, I don't know how you would That's go awesome. and, and find that now, but yeah, yeah. I, I do remember really enjoying those. And yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of the same thoughts. I mean, again, that's what makes this song is um, mm -hmm. just kind of all those, all those thoughts, you know, um, kind of the wonder of how our favorite bands cross the country and into different yeah. countries. And, you know, and then so, so fans like us can experience the music and the songs live, but you know, that yeah. comes at, you know, a cost to bands. And so it's, it's cool to hear, hear that, you know, in, in the frame of this song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I'm a bit disappointed with, with the, with the guitar on this, the main opening guitar riff kind of just kind of needed something else, something more to stand out on this. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my overall thought on that. So let's move on to life goals.
Yeah, life goals because I need some. Just kidding. Get yourself together. Well, it's kind of funny that the two songs, I'll, I'll mention that after, but uh, yeah, this uh, Life Goals is actually another song that I was listening. I was like, hey, this song could fit on a social distortion kind of mm-hmm. album too. It kind of has that type, that type of sound and that, especially that opening riff and the verses. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know how to describe the style of playing. Um, you know, maybe it's getting more just kind of the Americana rock type playing. Um, but yeah, I, I love the chorus on this song. It's really simple and quick, but it has a really great melody to it. Um, just kind of saying, good to have life goals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have something to work towards. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part of this song is actually the end of the second verse uh, where Mike drags out the lyrics where it's buried six feet underground. Like he kind mm-hmm. of... Yep whatever you call that. And then it goes into this really cool bridge that just totally yeah. changes the mood of the song. It's kind of a bit more like swingy kind of tempo, not like swing music, but you know, um, I don't even know if maybe do they change the, te- the tempo. I, I don't know, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't count it. I did like, I took a note on that though, because it for sure comes out of um, kind of out of nowhere. And I, I takes you on a little bit of a journey within the song. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, those are the kind of little morsels that, that I that I just want more of where it's just kind of like, oh, okay, where is he going with this now? Instead of just mm-hmm. kind of going where where you think yeah. he's gonna go. So yeah, main takeaway, it's good to have life goals. I agree. <laughs> yes, it's, <laughs> it's true. I think it's a great song. Um, you know, again, kind of just reiterating what you said about finding sort of purpose in your life and living it because you never know when it's gonna end, type thing, right? Like, and then that that bridge is it's a nice little added surprise because I feel the song is pretty straightforward otherwise. And then yeah. Yeah, he kind of goes and does this little bit of a turn as his lets his vocals wander a little bit, but uh, let's get into the last song that we're going to talk about is pipe dream. Must be 
Yeah, so this this is my I think my favorite song on the album. Um, I feel like I'm just kind of saying the same things, but <laughs> again, the, the the opening guitar riff just again feels lacking. I don't know. They feel like they kind of utilize this guitar style too much on this album, where um, you know they're kind of this might not make sense to non guitar players, but where they're just playing like the A string open and then just kind of moving the string underneath it around, kind of as the riff, which mm-hmm. is fine here and there. But as I listen, there was a few times like God, ah, just kind of seems like the same kind of kind of style of lead guitar or whatever but um yeah i really like the pace of this song i've mentioned that before um on the on this on the kind of pace of mxpx's sweet spots um where it's not you know super fast but it's fast enough that when you go to kind of halftime chorus it just kind of has that really kind of good feel to the song yeah um i do find you know that lyrically it's maybe a bit too similar to life goals it's kind of funny. I picked those, you know, those two songs. You know, life goals, pipe dreams, like kind of maybe you're kind of maybe you're a, saying, yeah, saying something to yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, you know, it stands up on its own for enough. It's not super similar, but yeah. just every time I listen to those two songs, and I think are they even like one after the other. I can't remember on yep, the track yeah. listing. Yeah. So in that case too, I'm like, oh, it's kind of interesting to have two songs that not say the same thing but kind of the same overall direction that is my my main note about this song though i said i actually like that they're back to back uh because i feel in life goals mike is singing about using your life goals to kind of keep you moving forward uh and in this song i feel like he's singing about you know those moments when you feel like maybe all is lost or life is too heavy that pipe dreams are something that can give you hope no matter you know how attainable or unattainable they are right like it's just something that you can because uh, like I feel like a life goal or a goal is something that you can achieve if you just like you know just with 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 work and putting effort in sort of thing right keep you driving yeah. like this is something I can do pipe dreams I feel are like something that are more um, potentially like bigger more more unattainable possibly but just something that you can look at and go. Oh man, like that's, that's what I hope for sort of thing. Right. Like, um, I could have a life goal of being like, yeah, I want to, um, I want to, you know, a life goal. I'm going to say, do this in a, I want to, I want to run, you know, every day for a month. And then I could have a pipe dream of being like, I want to be, you know, the most in shape. So, you know, whatever, like just something bigger and grander that in those, you know, kind of harder times you can just kind of hold on to and be like, no, I think there's there's something a little more hopeful here, but, um, so I do like that they're back to back and fairly similar, I think, but I think in conclusion, going into this record for this particular episode, I kind of written it off. I hadn't listened to it in a while. And, you know, my memory was telling me it wasn't good in reality. I think the record's fine. Um, it's far from, you know, the, it's far from their best, but it's far from their worst too. I think, uh, the biggest problem with this record is really only in a couple of songs, just cheesy lyrics that we talked about. Like for me, I could, I could see where you're coming from with going, Oh, I wish there was a little more something, a little more from the guitar work at the same point. I do like that. The guitars sound full and just kind of drive the album from beginning to end. I don't think they've done anything on this record that wins them new fans. And back in the past life of this podcast, we actually reviewed this record with Jordan. Um, yeah, I remember and, that. 
Yeah, and I, I said basically that. I was like, I like this record. It's not going to win them any fans, though, because it's just kind of full of little things here and there where you're like, okay, you know, there's no... I don't think there's any real, like, single sort of thing, but they're not going for that at this point either. Like, this is a prime example to me of MXPX has found their groove in the sense that they have their core fan base and they can survive off of that. They can continue doing what they're doing off of that without breaking themselves down and burning themselves out and going like, dang it, we were hoping this was going to be our big, you know, number one record sort of thing. Right. Because I think they realize, Hey, that time's passed. Like, I don't know. And maybe who knows, like maybe with machine gun Kelly and his pop punk, I'm actually going number one. Like maybe there's this new resurgence coming, but in reality, pop punk is a thing as far as mainstream success is concerned, really a thing of the past. Right. Yeah. And so they know that they know they were a part of that in the early two thousands, but I feel like they've really, because even before, you know, like, covid and everything and live streams and stuff i feel like they were really good at connecting with their fans yeah definitely like through social media whether it's actually you know responding to things or just like their updates that they give and then when you look at how they do like their weekender shows sort of things where they go and they play you know the same city two nights in a row and then just go home or whatever just like these sort of going out here and there i think that they really found this groove and i think this record does fine because like i said it's far from their best but it's also far from their worst which yeah, says something yeah. because even their worst i like to an extent yeah. right so yeah, we'll sure. talk about that in a few minutes but um yeah and when you have so many so many full lengths i mean there's only so many places to go as well so yeah. that's what i mean by like yeah it, it's far from my favorite but it's still a good a good album so yeah that's what i meant there's lots to take away it's a good album for the right. fans i also um, really love moments like this as a closer because i think it kind of like it's 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 not this big like massive closer where you're like oh like you know this is incredible what they're doing musically or whatever but just the the kind of feel and the lyrics it's like yeah okay and i think that's where i sit with this record just kind of going like you know what from everything I gather on this record, at least when it was made, I mean, I I feel like it's probably still in the same place, but I feel like on this record, they were just kind of in a content, happy place, Um, you know? And so I don't think there's really any sort of like angrier songs on here. Maybe that's why you don't have any hardcore songs that show up, but because I mean, obviously they still play them live, but I don't, it just feels like they were like, yeah, you know what? No, this is good. You know, this is a, we've we've done good for ourselves let's we've done well for ourselves let's just embrace that sort of thing yeah i agree i really get that on this album but uh yeah did you did you sorry i cut you off were you did you have any kind of closing thoughts other than what you mentioned no that's that was was a really good thought (laughs) those are the best kind of cutoffs when it doesn't actually matter um yeah so that's going to wrap this episode up then we are going to uh we're going to do a bonus episode where we are going to rank our mxpx albums kind of been teasing that a little bit i believe i counted i think they have 10 full lengths studio full lengths yes. um so we're gonna go from 10 to number one on our bonus episode but you got to be on patreon or not that this matters to you right now but depending on how this goes because you're gonna hear this after it's already happened um we're actually trying an instagram live thing so who knows maybe maybe this will be a, a recurring thing so you can snag it on instagram live first but 
Uh, yeah. So Patreon, five bucks a month, you get bonus content over there. Uh, you can find that at uh, growingpunkpod.com. We've also got t-shirts, as I mentioned, I'm wearing one of my own right now. Uh, you can stay up to date on all of our episodes, videos, reviews, whatever we've got going on. You can go read uh, my post on my top five tooth and nail punk records. Yeah, that's a good that's one. Up there. Yeah, so that's at growingpunkpod.com. You can also find us online, Instagram, Twitter, at growingpunkpod. Um, that'll do it, though. So, um, t- yeah, bye-bye. See ya. I'll go. Pardon me? I'll go. All right, this is really great. All right, we're going out. It's a date. It's a scam. Whatever, whatever. All right, I'll pick you up at what? 8 o'clock? 8.